That one. No, didn't get a good enough. There is a good enough. Good enough one. Check it, check it, check it, check it, check it, It is Johnny Necro. You can't see him. This ca- is, does this camera not work? No, you just can't see him. <laughs> you stole my joke. I, I, <laughs> I'm the one who's supposed to say. You see me? I, I was at, I was working a job, and uh, I can't remember. It was around the time that Transformers Four came out that had John Cena in it. Yeah, and um, Bumblebee. He was in Bumblebee. One one of the Transformers movies, and and I, and I remember saying in in the in the chat with the whole with the whole team, or the the whole office that I was working at at the time, and I was saying um, he said. He said something about Transformers, and I said, um, I saw the trailer. I heard John Cena was in it. And uh, and he said something like, he said something like, wait, you, you didn't see him in the trailer? And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and then and then he was like, what? And I was like, because he's John Cena. And then he said nothing. We have the clear Funko pop of him. It's fucking great, man. Is it clear? It is. Like a see-through? He's one of our three see-through. We have the John Cena. We have the Hobbit. We have Golem from Lord of the Rings. They're all see-through. I wanted the Predator, but I couldn't find it in time. That would be that would be a good see-through. I mean, because that's like there is a part where he that's in the movie, right? Where right. He's kind of like you can't really. That's part of his camouflaging. You can't really tell. But I'm cut off. I stopped collecting them recently. My wife's the only one allowed to get some to finish the shelves because uh, I, I finished and got over my addiction. Um, I I don't I don't have those kinds of addictions for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I, I think I'm in danger that I could get one of those addictions, but I don't. I I can't. Like I just it's. Can I, can I say this without being offensive? I mean, I'm offensive. Not, yeah. Like I'm a dork, but I'm not that much of a dork. Like I have, I have a few of them, but I don't have like a collection. You know what I'm saying? Well, I had a problem. Okay, not where I I would buy it over food and shit. It's just because it encompasses everything that I like. We gave up. Just give me one pop, man. Just give all me these one others. pop. And then I was starting to quit. I was like, well, I got to fill the shelf. And I was like, well, I got this guy, but now they got this guy. You know, and, and it got to the point where we have a whole room downstairs. It's all Funko Pop shelves. Currently? And currently, I have, I think the last time we checked, because there's an app, it's, and they're open. I don't care. I ruin the value. There's over $28,000 worth of pops. Oh, my. On our fucking wall. Including a whole line of wrestling ones, which thankfully, even though I stopped buying, I got really bummed out because they came out with like Rick Rude and like they came out with Boss Man and Vader after I quit. And my wife surprised me and bought them for me anyway. She goes, you didn't ask, but I know you wanted them. And then she got me the Road Warrior figures, but I personally have not got one in like four months. So I'm very proud of myself. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Today. So they're still coming into the house until the walls (laughs) filled. 
But I, I got the Bam. I got the Bam Bam Bigelow one. I took it out of the box too. Yeah, we got that one too. Oh yeah. Uh, but that that John Cena is the coolest. The only other John Cena I have comes with the wrestling ring with the Rock in it. So I have a couple of the WrestleMania ones. Bret Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels. That's kind of insulting. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. Bret Hart doesn't mind cashing the check, but he's like, yeah, of all the fucking Funko Pops you want to make, you want to make the fucking screw job. Thanks a lot. Fuck you. <laughs> well, like he he's he's made he's turned it around as 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 cheesy it is as it is. He has a healthy way of looking at it. And it's it's made him money. Look at the right. I have the I have the um the Montreal screw job, like the Bret Hart brutal fight shirt. And it says like it's it's I forget what the saying is, but it's something like tragedy or some, it's just something like it's something about stuff that makes you stronger. And it has it has the date of Montreal Screwjob on it. Like it, he he's he's cashed in on it. People know right, but you know what? it worked. It was such a good angle for him. And, right. and I'm sorry to say as much as I loved him. I mean, come on. OK, this character is Johnny Necro's heart. Is named Bret Hart, but he's spelled okay. different. I named him after the fucking wrestler, dude. Brett, Brett Hart, H E A. Hart cartoon character, you needed to name be named Brett. Right, of Unless course. Brett's daughter, Candy. So, you know, play on words. Mm -hmm. But, anyways, that angle worked for him so fucking well. But if you're leaving the company, anyways, you're not going to leave with that fucking belt. That's just rude. Just because right. you don't like the guy you got to pass the torch to, sorry about your luck. You, you fucking made your choice. But he's an incredible name. You know, he comes from a family of greatness and tragedy, but still, mm -hmm. he cannot say that that angle didn't work on him because how many talks has he brought that up? It's oh, like right. the, under cage, the Undertaker it's him, match, it's cage him, match. It's made it's him millions over the years. Talk to somebody. Right. <laughs> I, I've he heard like Bret Hart talk for hours about. Sorry? He looks like an old Native American now. Even yeah. He does. He looks like he's gonna have the tear when somebody throws out a piece of trash. Well, I mean, <laughs> Brett, uh, Brett Owlheart. Like you could say whatever. It's like some beast, beast heart, or something like. It's like a sort of a Native American name, anyway. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, they had Indians in fucking Canada. They just weren't called Native Americans, even though right, First Nationers. Yeah. Yeah, so the uh, <laughs> that movie though, the documentary that they they happened to catch the the screw job like that was so perfect. Like he's had to make so much money off of off of uh, wrestling shadows and yeah. like so much attention that he probably might not have ever gotten had that not happened to him. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's such an iconic figure, but they all were back then. Even even some of the the, the the three string jobbers will never be mm -hmm. forgotten because they had such unique gimmickry. Even if they were taboo by today's standards. Well, I mean, like this is something yeah. I was probably saying. To, I think I was saying it to you earlier about how um, it's like these like skinny dancing wrestling. It's like it's like just it's like whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. they look and like they're high school wrestlers but wearing cool. costumes choreographed dancing wrestling it's it's not it's not the same as it was when we were kids man it's not the same as it was uh I, it's it's a, it's a softer world you know <laughs> i'd be a smart ass well wrestling changed when they stopped having steroids just like tuna stopped tasting the same when they got rid of dolphins <laughs> 
No, I'm just kidding. I, that, was, that was a joke. <laughs> well, maybe maybe they maybe they sh- they were shooting the tuna with dolphins too, <laughs> or with with steroids. <laughs> steroids tuna, steroids. <laughs> and again, I, I I pick on everything I love. And I love your crap, man. I, I think wrestling is the shit. I got out of it for a long time. And then I all of a sudden I was finding myself watching old clips on YouTube from the 80s. And from there, when we got Peacock, I was like, hey, I was poor growing up. I didn't get to see any WrestleManias. So my wife and I watched all of them back to back over the course of a year. Then we moved on to SummerSlams. And then just from there, we got to watch the whole thing. Like I didn't miss anything. Like I, I brought so it all cool. back in like, a year and a half, and I was like, "Yeah, let's watch it all the time now." Yeah, my my friend Chuck was watching all every Raw from every year. Like he sequentially watched every Raw, whatever led into what it ever pay per view. He'd watch every Raw leading up to that pay per view. Then he'd watch that pay per view. Then he'd watch every Raw leading up to the next pay per view, and then the pay per view. It was now my friend Brent. He never stopped watching, you? even during like the boring years and the transitional period, like the, the weird area in the '90s before the aggression era started. He watched yeah, all long, even when he was pissed was, off by the product. He stuck by it. So good for him. It was it was like the 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 occupation era, the occupation <laughs> era where everyone had a job or they were from some other business that wasn't wrestling. But they were all. The, the, this is the 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 comparison I make a lot is like back then. It was people who were uh, wrestlers trying to play characters of non-wrestlers being those characters. But now it's like you're people trying to play wrestlers that are actually supposed to be whatever the other things were. Like they should be, they should be uh, supervising a target. Like they should be, (laughs) they should be working (laughs) in a grocery store. They should maybe shouldn't be playing wrestlers. Sometimes I see wrestlers and uh, and I go like, wow, that guy looks like he would be like a he would be a rad supervisor to work for at a grocery store. <laughs> I see someone. I'm like, wow, man, he would really kick that guy's ass in real life. What the fuck are these writers thinking? Right. <laughs> like if I'm in the grocery store. I'm like, whoa, that guy would make a really good wrestler. <laughs> that guy looks like that guy looks like he'd tear it up. We're picturing like supermarket. Ali brawls. Yeah. It was like Mick Foley, Mick, Mick Foley work pushing the cart with restock in it. Have a nice day. <laughs> he needs the Walmart best for that. Dude, may I help you? Have he nice is day. one of my favorites of all time because he deserves that fucking respect. The, the, the story he has, it's unparalleled. It's just grew up a wrestling fan. And, and made his dream come true without the physique in a world full of fucking steroid bodybuilding. 21-inch pythons, brother. I think he's looking at 24-inch pythons. Well, there you go. Not anymore. He would brag about it. That's <laughs> what size they were. But, but I mean, Mick was, he's just such an all-around entertainer. Yeah. Him and Terry Funk, man, rest in peace. They were just crazy. I watched the clip the other day of these new independents smashing fluorescent lights over their fucking heads. And I'm like, that would not exist without fucking Mick and Terry. Yeah, man, that came that that there was a lot of that when I was first coming up in the wrestling business. I, I started in a company that that uh, did deathmatch wrestling. The oh. 
the uh, second match I ever had was in a ring full of broken glass from uh, from the match that happened before mine. Mine was a non-death match match, but it was taking place in the ring where death matches had just taken place, and I was bleeding like all over the place. Props to you, man. I heard blood, man. <laughs> blood, man. I'm 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 lucky that I skate away without without some diseases or something. <laughs> Tell you though, I, I've earned all my inner my my injuries. I was walking up the stairs and my knee was killing me earlier, and I was like, "Well, I do remember this time I was playing a show in in Cleveland, Ohio, and the the club, the Scots Club, used to be a a seafood restaurant. So they had half of a pirate ship in the restaurant still, which was now a club. And I started off on top of that fucking ship playing. I jumped down, ran through the crowd. They all parted like the Red Sea." slid slammed my knees into the stage broke my 70 dollar wireless rig that i just bought for my guitar plugged in and didn't miss a fucking note i was like well i guess that and skateboarding is probably why my knees suck that and i used to be a tank driver so i jumped on and off a tank a lot mm-hmm. but i didn't get the chance to wrestle to say i'm the wrestler who got hurt no <laughs> uh, well i mean those are all things that you can never, they can, no one can ever take away from you. That is true. They can't take mm-hmm. away my fucking head pain from last week either. I accidentally headbutted my fucking chimney. Were you playing Santa? No, I was actually plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> the plumber. His head goes against the chimney. He's seeing stars, folks. Johnny the Russian Nero, chimney he's out for the count. No, seriously, it hurt so bad it made my teeth loose. <laughs> so I feel wrestlers' pain. Yeah, but I mean, it's like it's like uh, running into brick walls every day, right. being a wrestler. So I, I imagine, mean, dude. I, I think it's been compared before to each match being like your your body's been through like a what you'd go through if you were in a car accident. Like I imagine kind of again, hats off to you guys because. You guys do a lot to entertain people, and that is so underappreciated by the general public. I, wrestling has its own fandom. I mean, it's it's way bigger than I even remembered still, right. but mm-hmm. it's still relatively this one corner of the, the athletic world. You know, yeah, yeah. when you got well, any, any fisherman and, and redneck hunters watching fucking football and shit, but, mm-hmm. but the ones that are like diehard wrestling fans, the shit that you guys go through for them, it's it's got to be appreciated because you guys deserve way more than you guys get. I, I, I'm, I, I'm a little annoyed about like the mainstream, everybody else being able to quickly just blow off wrestling. Cause it's right. not a, it's not a real sport. It's a performance or whatever. And then, like, Oh, that stuff's fake. I'm not, but the it's real, still the, it, 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 it's it still athletic and it, everything hurts and yeah. it's still risks that we're taking. The risks aren't fake. You're not having a pillow fight. <laughs> right. And I mean, I if the punches are fake and I still I can't open my mouth all the way to op- eat a sandwich, take a big bite of a piece of pizza, like because of how many times I've been punched in my mouth and my 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 jaw cracks and it hurts every time I yawn. Uh, if that's from something that's fake, um what 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 are you doing? Whoever whoever's judging that? 
What right. are you doing? The Who couch, are you? They're the couch quarterback, don't you know? Right. They're the right. ones saying, I could do that. I blah, blah, blah. They didn't do this right. Right. It was they're the like, same ones a, that like reading the comic book and saying, wow, this artwork's pretty shitty. What did you draw, motherfucker? Right. You and and when it comes to entertainment, just like it comes to a comic book, when it comes to a TV show, you have the opportunity to just close that book. That's what I did with right. the, the book I was like telling you earlier. I just thought oh, this sucks. And I it wasn't the art was bad, it was just that the story started to stink and I didn't feel like continuing with it. And you know the sad part is, is there's the same motherfuckers flocking to see like the, the Fast and the Furious movies just because you know Vin Diesel yeah. or The Rock That's might nice. have a fucking you know a, a cameo, but whatever. You know, they yeah. love the rock in Hollywood, but they didn't want to watch wrestling. They love John Vin Cena. Diesel, Vin Diesel, Jason Momoa makeout fest. Right. Make a party. <laughs> I mean, hell, even Batista's doing a pretty good job considering. I, I watched oh, yeah. a couple of his recent movies. He's killing it. He's good at yeah, comedy. Yeah, I never would have suspected it. I mean, Drax, not just Drax, but like his other comedy characters, like mm -hmm. uh, My Spy. That was fucking great. Yeah. And the, the, the Knock at the Cabin movie with the M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, that was good, too. That was still good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's... And his he's, delivery... He's, he was so empathetic to the cause. He wasn't some piece of shit. You know what I mean? What was that hotel movie that he did? Artemis? That's the one. Yes, that was that was good. He he's he's talented, man. Like, and that's something can't deny. Can't deny that he can he can do it. And I think Cena's gotten a lot better. I mean, like he started off, he was kind of only given one trick pony roles, but mm -hmm. after like the Marines and all that, when he started being able to show his stuff look at peacemaker by dc that series and the suicide squad movie that preceded it beforehand great character he showed depth he showed range he wasn't just a joke character he wasn't just a tough guy character they let him be and he acted and that was cool it's uh, a shame I, you didn't see him i liked uh i like mostly marvel stuff like i i don't like i tried to get into the dc stuff here and there but like i kind of kind of stink at it sometimes like i like batman uh i like batman stuff but like suicide squad and all that is a uh, sort of a stretch for me like i i didn't i definitely didn't see the second one that had peacemaker in it and i you should watch that one just give it one chance I, uh, it's a good movie on its own okay fuck the book you know the book's okay but fuck the book watch it for what it is i mean even don't watch the first one watch just the second one and watch it as an action movie not as like a comic book source material and you'll enjoy it that way better I, I was liking Doom Patrol on HBO. I thought that, that was too, but that book is incredible. I like that book. It seemed like it started to kind of get like far fetched and boring uh, towards the second season. Well, it's a really weird show. book. Like, there's a lot of weird shit in there. It's not like a Superman comic. Mm -hmm. It's it's you know like Watchmen. Okay, Watchmen's a good example. That's just really good writing because it was Alan Moore. The mm -hmm. artwork was cool, but but Watchmen is one that's like it's pure story driven but there mm -hmm. there are other comics that i read that are on the the, the weirder side because I, again the love of horror like i watch and i read the swamp thing books and and i liked constantine the movie but i love the books more and and doom patrol is another one of those it was just really weird fucked up characters in writing and it was like yeah reading the, the, the episode. Daniel These Street. they're like fucking fourth <laughs> string losers and misfits you yeah. know like 
everybody's like, oh, the X-Men are so popular. Picture the X-Men if nobody liked them and they sat by themselves in the lunchroom. That's what Doom Patrol is. <laughs> I, dude, the, the, I, I liked, I liked uh, Brendan Fraser in it and then uh i i just i just kind of started getting bored with the show and it was weird because that and umbrella academy were so similar right came out right around the same time so i was like oh what am i what am i making priority here like <laughs> as far as like what back what backstory what canon i actually remember i'm like wait was this the game was this the, the way this works here or was that for that and show? They have both weird stories too even mm-hmm. the comics are, are both like but, and said, also they have like the 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 one who the father casted away and they both have like the they both have like the the like evil genius father who in who assembled them all like well you just learned the biggest thing of comics everything marvel has dc has right or dark horse which is uh umbrella or, academy umbrella, they're yeah. counterparts to all the different comics that are mm-hmm. similar characters you right. can't get away from the formula the formula is there's an old guy who's going to assemble his kids. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> there's one for there's one for all three of those. Let's try to, let's try to, let's try to let's try to make up one. Let's make let's make a story of of an old guy who assembles a group of kids. And you know I, uh, maybe maybe it could be like the Backstreet Boys, like <laughs> Ron Perlman or something. Seriously. I can't believe this. Not, not, Ron Perlman's the guy from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> the way you just described that the old man gathering a bunch of kids, and I all of a sudden thought of pedophilia. I was like, man, mm. how did I not see that before? I'm forming I don't, don't pedophilia. <laughs> I ain't pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> Professor X wasn't crippled. He was hiding it. They're, they have... All the they have all the they have all the names in lists in cabinets, pedophile cabinets. <laughs> uh, I mean, then again, we're gonna ruin Batman for you because again, he is the young boy. Being there alone with a with an old man who's his butler and a young boy in a castle. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 all for ruining Batman. I I've already I've already tried to do that. With, <laughs> hey, with I like that movie. By the way, you did a great yeah. job ruining. Thanks, Batman. man. Thank you. Big props to that. People should watch that. Make sure you put your own link in the description so they go see that. Uh, sure, I will. Thanks. Batman is delusional and he's a junkie, and his dad's an asshole who killed his mom. I just spoiled <laughs> it for everybody. Spoiler! Don't watch it. You've already heard it. But no, I'm really, I got to give you yeah. props. It's, it's your show. But I'm fucking talking about you now. <laughs> your so. little Thanks. subtle fucking plays on everything were great. Like your two face in the tattoo chair mm-hmm. with the flip and the coin and all that shit. That was, that was good fucking writing, man. It was, it was a Siri. He had Siri flipping the and coin. And you had Bullock. You had, you had Officer Bullock there. Only instead of being the normal asshole to Batman, he's really cool to Bruce. He's like, yeah, that guy deserved to get fucked. <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh, I had a lot of fun with it, man. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, with props, it. I mean, I give a lot of credit to Steve. Steve Dotson did most of the writing on that. That was, I mean, Steve did the most of the writing that I did was just like some of the, just some of the like the, the dialogue, some of the, some of the stuff like with um with the inner voices and the, 
that that stuff we were kind of coming up with that on the fly as far as like re-watching it and re-recording the the hdr on that and uh kind of the adr i mean and uh and kind of voicing over that um me me and matt von siegel the guy who played the darker voice we just kind of like we're we're winging that with steve well and batman has mental issues he he how could you not as a child what what grown ass man runs around beating the shit out of people because his parents got killed you know it's no different than the punisher he just doesn't kill him because he wants to beat him up again Uh, well the punisher i i would say um i i would say that's how i got castle in my name uh it was inspiration for that Uh, it was um it was just my, my friend scott was like well, he had a wizard magazine on his desk in his in his office and was like what about the last name castle and then when i when i um when i uh decided that i was gonna like start and have a name and have a gimmick i was gonna do like ck like a like i was a male model and uh i wanted to have like a real stupid male model gimmick like i was derek zoolander and have all the like uh the 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 have a bunch of moves and them all be the same moves but called different things. It was it was a it was a comedy gimmick that never really got a chance to get off the ground, but had the ideas in my mind. See, my stage names kind of makes me sound shallow because I just took my comic character's name. So, <laughs> well, I mean, Would, there is a reason behind it. I've said it on another podcast, so I won't beat a dead horse. But Frozen Dead, the name of my comic was going to be a band in Austin when I was asked to do the comic strip. And then Johnny Necro was my main character because he's a zombie. He's a punk rock zombie. And I was looking for a stage name and I was like, that's a cool fucking stage name. So I'm Johnny Necro. It's pretty badass, dude. You know, I see some other people using it on YouTube, but they don't have the fucking following I do. So that's good. I don't care. I ain't going after him. Fuck it. It's again, I have Johnny Necro tattooed on my arm. That's about all the identification I need. (laughs) But but yeah, well, it, it's just, yours is at least unique. You got a story behind it too, and that's that. That's me. This one yeah, here, I see that. cool. And like the Castlemania logo, and this all available on uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash Corey Castle. <laughs> Do you have coffee I'm, mugs? What's that? Yo, you could maybe get it on a coffee mug if you. You can always talk to my wife because Antastic Creations, we put my horror adorables and shit on coffee mugs. Oh, cool, cool, cool. No plug, sorry. I couldn't resist. I had, um, I thought you were saying, like, get it printed on a coffee mug. So, oh, well, yeah, yeah we, get, we get all this stuff printed on the coffee mug, sure. I'm just telling you my wife can put them on coffee mugs. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about coffee mug, like the website. I was talking about an actual coffee mug. I thought you were... I am. I'm not talking about no website. I'm talking about... Oh, I thought you were talking about a website called Coffee Mug. No, I don't know know there is one. This this episode brought to you by the website Coffee Mug. (laughs) Go to coffeemug.com, enter in the code CASTLE at checkout. That's K-A-S-T-L-E, and and you'll get a free dead parents' origin story. As hell. (laughs) So you've been on tons of podcasts, you said? Not tons. I've been on a few this year. Uh, 
it's really the first year that I started actually getting asked to do interviews, which is kind of neat. I was on Dad Mented Geek then because I met them because when I got signed in last January to We Are Horror Records, um, they did a review on that song that you listened to earlier, Here Comes the Bride and then Love From Beyond. I reached out and talked to them and became friends. Now, after our, our podcast we did, uh, one of them, the host is actually drawing a pinup for my new book. So that's kind of cool. And then I started doing them with with my buddy Matt from the Great Media Comic Con, who who you probably know through Chris. Yeah, yeah. And then been jamming with him all day. I was also on on Balls with Elwood a while back because he's friends with all the Troma cats, Mike okay. Balls, uh, and and he's I'm sure he's connected with your your buddy Zach as well. But Mike Fink and and a whole bunch of other Troma people know him. Vito does some podcast work. Neat. But um. They've all been really cool. I actually got to be on Matt's, Matt's Purjangers and Wallbangers twice now. Okay. That's kind of cool. Per, That's a mouthful. That's I, a haven't, cool. I haven't, I haven't been on it. Uh, I was talking to Chris today, and he, he, he was showing me his resume, and it had that on there. And I was like, "What does? What is that? What does it mean? What is Purjangers and Wallbangers? Whatever." The episode's called "Tales of the Hunted," but that's like their overall company name for it. I guess, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, branding, I get it. I get it. Cool, man. Have, have me something. Everybody, see, this is me giving back to the community that supports me. Advertise <laughs> them on somebody else's show, like an asshole. Well, well, the the reason I normally ask that, like when I'm talking to anybody, I ask you, I'll ask, uh, what's something you've never been asked on a podcast uh, as a guest, like a an interview? You you maybe never been asked a question. That like maybe you'd always wanted the public to know about you. What's something like a little known, a little unknown fact about Johnny Necro? The unknown fact. I don't know. I'm pretty fucking straightforward. Uh all right, never mind. Interview over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, never yeah, mind. The the big news, what I told you earlier that, that hasn't been on any podcast is now I just wrote my first article for that monster mag. And they have a Monster Mag Expo uh, convention that they've done a couple of. So that's kind of cool. Um, my, my friend Beatrice Bupley, who played Amanda Kruger in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, and she was at the first great media Comic Con. She has a column for them. I sent her a message the other day saying, guess what? I'm in the same magazine as you. So that's kind of cool. 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 I, dude. I work for a living. I mean, I'm a boiler operator. I don't talk about that shit much. I run the third largest boiler in Pennsylvania. Wow. Cool. Boiler alert. <laughs> I create up to 150,000 pounds of steam an hour. Not normally that high, but it can. He's a steampunk, folks. I'm ex-military. I don't talk about my military time much, but I was a tank driver. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks for your service. Yeah, thanks. That was a nice fun. I went to Cuba for six months when I was in the service during the nineties. I, I, I have to say, man, I, I joking. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I have such a, a crazy amount of respect for for our veterans and our military. Like, I, 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 I love that um, that the American soldiers fight for our freedom and like give us the opportunity to. Uh, have have these platforms where we speak freely about anything we want to. You know, that's um, the main reason I joined too, is, is the punk rock part of me. And I was homeless. I needed a home. 
But mm. I figured if I was going to join, at least I was fighting for our freedoms. But I'm going to mm. say something somber for a minute. And I mean no disrespect, but I have issues from it. I, I A lot of people do. But I will never re- regret serving my country, but I have not found it since. Mm. It's, that's a somber note because everything's fucking garbage anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you you how do you how do you come back from being trained to be a, a a machine, like to be to to be in in. Well, I was like, still so, wearing like, my spiked leathers on the weekends. Matter of fact, here's a story I've never told on a podcast. A lieutenant please. from our unit, and I was in Hell on Wheels, which was General Patton's original unit. We had the triangle on our on our chest. I was hanging with my friends in Austin one weekend, and there are a lot of gutter punks, homeless punks, on Guadalupe Street that we called the drag. And I was just sitting there hanging with them. And and as you know, the counterculture was everybody before it was accepted by everybody as the norm. We had friends of all walks of life, all just kind of melting pot hanging together. And here comes the lieutenant walking by, and he looks over, and he does a double take. Um, Hi. I was like, hey, what's up? I'm fucking drunk as shit, but... Hey, what's up? And I saw him a week later back, you know, in, on base, and he, he never really talked to me the same again. Yet, our our captain changed when we went to Cuba. I was sitting at a desk, and I was drinking on my off time, and I was listening to, to Jesus Mary Chain, and I was listening to some Black Flag, and I had a compilation going on. And he actually sat and asked if he could sit and drink with me because he hadn't listened to that shit since college. I was like, well, okay, well, that's fucking weird. So I never got brainwashed by the system because, you know, I went in full on knowing I wasn't going to be full metal jacket Gomer in the fucking bathroom. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you're still you're still like very um, you're still very like subject to doing things that are maybe a compromise to what you might think is moral. I had well, yes, that part. But I had Batman the animated series sheets on my bed. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I had figures of of comic characters on my fucking shelf. As long as they they stayed dusted, they couldn't say a fucking thing. <laughs> but you're right, though. No, there's a lot of shit that I didn't saw that. That's why I don't talk about it. And I have this right. philosophy too because I I run into people in the the real world that are like talking all this shit about all the stuff that they saw and all the stuff that they did and i have a philosophy man the more you talk about what you did the less you fucking did or it's like sometimes sometimes it's like your trauma doesn't give you a personality who you are does not what you've been and what you've seen and what you've done like just let let's let's continue forward in a progressive direction and a productive direction. And right. and my demons in- are mine. They're not yours. They're not somebody right. else's problem. Right. It's not Uh-oh. for me to take out on the average Joe. Did you see that? How, how much my, my electricity it's raining like crazy here for anybody, anybody watching or listening who <laughs> can't hear it. Uh, the, uh, the rain's coming down pretty hard here and uh, my electric keeps on going in and out. So far it's held out. So far, <laughs> Spark Man, I bring the storm with me. Spooky. So, how? What instruments do you play? Well, 
Well, or or in general? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Remember, I play horror rock. So, <laughs> I, I I I dabble. I play guitar. I play bass. I play keyboard. I play drums a little bit, and I I sing. And I can also do industrial music on the computer, like Trent Reznor and Skinny Puppy. Cool. So a little bit of everything. I bought the drum set because I get tired of relying on people. So I said, fuck it. I'm just going to fucking play my own. So I got a couple tracks that are going to come out where I'm doing every instrument. Do you know who Bill Wiles is? No. Uh, he, he was he was a wrestler in, in, in ECW. Uh, Bilvis Wesley was his name. And uh, he, he, he was, he, he's, he is also a drummer in a band. And, uh, you know, I carry, I carry my drum with me everywhere I go. Right. My, awesome. I, I, like every, every show that I go to, or every time I do any kind of podcast. And he was like, he was talking to me about something and he was like, and you're a drummer, right? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, no, I mean like I have a drum, but I don't, I'm not like trained. I just, I just do stuff with it. I, it's, it's, it's just, it's to represent consistency in life. Like I was talking the other day to a, a young boy uh, who works with me at, at the restaurant I work at, at Applebee's. And uh, he was like, I was like, well, man, well, like you're such an interesting guy. Like what, why haven't you thought about ever having a podcast? And he was like, yeah, I'd be afraid that it would fail. I'd be afraid that it would flop. And I, and like, it would be embarrassing. And I was like, how would the people who you'd be embarrassed about it know that it'd be embarrassing if it flops. Like, I think that the, 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 the thing with podcasts and a lot of, t a lot of times people go like, Oh, there's so many podcasts out there. There's a ridiculous amount of podcasts out there, but like there's podcasts. It's like some of them just have like 11, 12 episodes because people give up. Everybody, people will start a podcast and then give up. And that's that's why I'm I'm saying I'm continuing to beat my drum. I'm continuing like regardless if anyone's listening because this is right. more this is more about what this is representing and more about like if if I'm if if I have overnight success with podcasting, I I'd want to make sure I'm actually good at doing it <laughs> before it happens. You know, <laughs> like if I just get overnight success and I'm no good at it, like I'm. Might as well continue beating my drum. And while I'm beating that drum, I'm getting it better at doing this. Right. I'm, and I'm putting out something that I'd want to hear if I were not me. Well, you got to entertain yourself first. That's the thing. I write the comic that I looked for my entire life. I'm not saying it's better than the shit that influenced me, but it's everything I want in one package. Same with music. You know, I, I would say, hopefully same with your character. When you're wrestling, you're, you're the wrestler you wanted to watch growing up, you know, and and that's all what it's all about. It's not the ego factor. It's it's about if if you're not enjoying what you're doing, why are you fucking doing it? Who cares if you're doing it for one person or a thousand? If that one person's day has been changed because you are there for them to be entertained by, you're a success, man. And hey, half my readers are too lazy to hit like. So, and, you know, and everyone, I, I everyone's got an origin, everyone's got an origin story. Uh, be if you if you feel like you're currently in a situation where you don't have an origin story, you're in it. Right. <laughs> you're in it.
I grew up watching 1980s Saturday morning cartoons, old B-film horror movies as a latchkey kid because we couldn't find a babysitter worth the shit. So, you know, when you start entertaining yourself young, and for many years I was an only child until my sister and brother were born years later, that's how I became an entertainer, by entertaining myself and my friends. That makes total sense. That hey, on that pause, can we take a bathroom break since you're going to edit oh. anyway? <laughs> yeah, hang on one second. No. But stand. Tell me about your stand-up comedy, man. I wanna, I wanna hear about it. Well, I, I got to do a few shows in the Detroit area and the, and the suburbs. I did it downtown Detroit. Um, I figured I'd been writing comics for years, mm. and you're you're still writing jokes. So I started writing the situation comedies and lo and behold, I went to a couple of open mics and they loved it, man. And a couple, mm -hmm. I was like probably the only white guy in the crowd, but they, they dug it. I was doing a lot of voices for some of the jokes. I do stuff about like childhood, like things, things that would irritate me growing up. Like when, mm -hmm. when, when you're a kid, you, you never get a double of an action figure that you need multiple of like a Cobra soldier or a stormtrooper. It's always some fucking main villain or sidekick like Orko from He-Man. And so I talk about that. And, and then I, I started doing years before it actually happened. I was talking about politically correctness ruining cartoons. So I pre-saw them banning Pepe Le Pew. Uh, Pepe Le Pew is problematic, man. Decade <laughs> earlier. I was talking about that. And I was talking about Foghorn Leghorn being caught a bigot because he's always chasing the little brown bird around the head. Now. Listen to me, boy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this just in from Looney Tunes News. Foghorn Leghorn has been brought up on charges of bigotry by the barnyard dog. In his defense, Foghorn had this to say. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, boy. I'll say, I'm from Kentucky, son. I'm not racist. I call everyone, boy. The barnyard dog had this to say. I've seen it a million times. He's always chasing that little black boy around the hen house. In a surprise turn of events, the chicken hawk came to Foghorn's defense. What? He may be a loudmouth snook, but he ain't no bigot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, before all the drama with Bill Cosby, I had him on the firing box because I had him being sued by Fat Albert in the gang. Because once once he got bit, we ruined, we ruined he their legacy. The junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Once Bill saw green, all his love went away. Marshmouth had this to say. Bill Cosby came to his defense. Now, they had never a chance that I did to get sponsored by the Kodak Film Coca-Cola and Bulldog Open Pops. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you're laughing. Then I, 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 I did, I did <laughs> listen to D on our buddy Matt's podcast, uh, so I won't redo that one. But, but I, I would just go on hey, tangent. Nobody, like, nobody who listens to any other podcasts listens. This the only people who listen to this show only listen to this show and nothing else. Listen you to that. But Christmas, you don't, don't, don't got to worry. My audience is is loyal <laughs> to just me. They don't listen to nothing else. Loyal. Just this podcast. Don't worry about retelling other stories you told other places. Uh, 
so so yeah my, my comedy thing was 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 a lot of impersonations and stuff you know so i had for the election that was coming up at the time what i really wanted to see was schwarzenegger ventura mm. listen to me now i will terminate terrorism with extreme prejudice all sexual predators will be taken from the street that's right arnold we're gonna go down on them like a wwe smackdown <laughs> Well, Gino. <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, I, I I got to do stand up for a while, and then it kind of faded away. But I think I should put some on my YouTube. I think it'd be good if I probably write some more stuff, come up with some my own little specials because you don't need to be on a network anymore. Anybody can be famous. Just look at the thousand people making homes out of shipping containers on fucking YouTube. Yeah, man. Any. If anybody deserves it, it's me. If anybody deserves it, it's you. Like, <laughs> get all of, like, don't don't just hear that if you're Johnny or myself. Hear that if you're anybody. If anybody deserves it, it's you. Whatever yeah. you want in this life, whatever you need right now, whatever you think you don't have, and you're searching for it out there, it's here. Right. You you have to say you you deserve it. And and it'll start heading its way into your life. The thing you got to remember, this is for all those people, too. The thing you got to remember, too, okay, we, we have fame, okay? We may not be wealthy, but we have fame. There's a difference between fame and, and being fucking rich. They don't always go hand in hand. And if you're doing it just to be rich, fuck off. Do it because you want to do it. You know what I mean? Because anybody with a fucking cell phone thinks they're a celebrity now. And if you really have content and you really want to share, do it because you love to do it because you want to help these people enjoy their life. Because otherwise, I was doing it to be rich this whole time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I would love to be financially stable for what I do so that I could do more of what I do to reach more people. Everybody right. would. You'd be stupid not to want to. But but the fundamental is you have to do it because you, you, you want got to hustle, do. loyalty, and respect. Never give up. You can't right. see me. Yeah, there it goes again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Snip into it. Let me tell you the cream of the crop. I, uh, I'm a, I, I, uh, had, I have my girlfriend doing, I have my girlfriend doing, uh, she's gonna, she got all these sounds that she saved on her TikTok of the cream of the crop promo. She's gonna start <laughs> doing the, the cream of the crop. So, she she took my my Zubaz and my and my glasses. She's gonna she's gonna do them at home. That's awesome. You know what? Bless his heart, man. Macho Man was the fucking best entertainer, man. Mm. He really was all encompassing of being that character twenty four seven. He I just watched the uh, a promo that he did for New Year's Eve or something. Like he doesn't drink. And he doesn't drive, so of course he doesn't drink and drive. <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that. And I just was like, that's totally something he'd say. You, you know what blew my mind? I bought his rap album, and it's fucking oh. great. Be a man, Hope. I love that fucking album, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that, that song, though, is great. But if you listen to all the other songs, he gave a song to Mr. Perfect for passing away. Yeah, uh, Lanny Poffo wrote that song. That was awesome. Lanny Poffo wrote that song. He told us about it. Um, we had him on. We had him on 
uh, our wrestling podcast. When I, I, I used to, I used to co-host a wrestling podcast back in the day called Rassle Rock, R A S S L E Rock. Nice. But Speaking all my of- all my co-hosts stopped watching wrestling or moved far away. On the blanket behind me, my, my wife made me a blanket because we, we sell horrid horrible blankets. But I could have her put whatever images I want on it. And I have Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling on the fucking blanket. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you sent it to me. And uh, I I thought that was like from a t-shirt or something. But it's a, Oh, that was like, my t-shirt. That was different. Oh, that was, okay. That was... That was a magazine cover that I had. That was before. for uh, choked. Ma- what was the magazine Cracked. called? Cracked. Cracked. That's right. Yeah. Well, this one's homemade too. This is this is my comic shirt. My wife put this on. Cool. We try to do as much as we can in house. She doesn't have a regular job, so that's like her only thing is like making Merch. test creations. Merch. Right. And we Merch do it up. T-shirts and coffee mugs and magnets. We order out prints, you know, stuff like that, but. Yeah, I just got I just got a, a shipment of T-shirts that um, that look like this, and I have ones that look like this that are coming in, so that I can start selling. I'm gonna be selling them actually at the Greater Media, whatever. Well, um, Great Media Comic Con. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be selling them there. So you're gonna be there with me? Yeah, We're I'll be there. See each yeah. other. That's yeah. my second time there. Yes. It, well, I I just found out about it today, so um, that's. That's I'm announcing it right now because I just found out about it today. <laughs> so you can see us both at the Great Media Comic Con this April. <laughs> yeah, we booked our hotel for for three days or well, we're there Friday before the con to set up and then go to Back to the Future. Then we're there Saturday and Sunday as guests, and then we leave Monday morning to come back home. Yeah, um, so we'll definitely have to get together, get some photos taken together, and bullshit sure. and hug and shake hands and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, um, Don't body slam me. I'm gentle. Usually, usually when I when I am going to conventions, I it's it's never. I, sometimes I I let the the I did DCW at the at the the Dover Comic Con, so we had the ring set up, and I was wrestling as Corey Castle. But at most uh, Comic Cons and uh, conventions and stuff, we did we do anime conventions. And things like that, and we do cosplay pro wrestling, and I'll I'll dress as Aquaman and do awesome. Uh, I did one against um, Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat. Uh, I did one against Spider Man recently, Aquaman versus Spider Man, and uh, I just I just be doing all Roman Reigns stuff because Roman Reigns kind of look, look looks like Aquaman. <laughs> Do all Roman Reigns moves, cosplaying as Aquaman. Roman Reigns as Aquaman, nice. Yes, the head of the fishbowl. Yeah, I got quiet. Then. No, I got the quiet. Fl- I had the whole over the fucking storyline with the fucking damn bloodline. <laughs> well, I mean, do you think? Do you think, um, did you see the thing with the rock coming back? I don't Raw? think he'll get the belt. I think he'll win and it'll be a disqualification because that's what always happens when Roman loses. Yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think rock's taking the belt. I don't oh, think that's no. happening at all. I, I, he'll win, definitely. Or it's not going to be like the Cena match that we just saw <laughs> where he just, where he just <laughs> got beat up by Solo. 
Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. But uh, I will say this, though. My current thing, and again, I am, I'm going to be honest. I'm tired of a lot of the faction storylines, but I fucking love R-Truth. He has brought so much Whoa. life to that Trying to be in the judgment day. Yeah, it's really best. funny. Oh, I, 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 without a doubt, think R-Truth is one of the best performers today now. He yeah. is so fucking crazy. Cracks me up. My wife really... and I were discussing, he's got to be hilarious in real life because he cracks them up on camera. Mm -hmm. You know, like Damian yeah. Priest is fucking losing it. <laughs> but man, he's great. There's, there's a few people up there that I'm, I'm really happy to see up there. I know, like I, I used to, I used to roll in the same circles as Damian Priest, and, uh, and, and I got respect for him. Don't get me wrong; his transformation yeah. is fucking yeah. incredible. It's just saddled with this story gets stale. But he is a hell of a performer. I won't take well, that. Like away. he's gonna. I think he's gonna cash in money in the bank and, uh, you know, win the the heavyweight championship, and kind of move on beyond if he's, the. He's been cashing it in after like six times of fucking failed attempts. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's gonna run out of time before long. <laughs> but he is great though. Look at his physique difference. Did you mm -hmm. know him when he was bigger? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, he's amazing looking now. Right, there, there, there were matches on YouTube of us wrestling each other when he was a when he was a big when he was a big boy when he when he was a, when he was a chubber. He was always tall though. He's, I mean, he's always that look, height. I mean, he's, look at Gunther's he's like six five or something. He's a big guy. Gunther used to be a lot wider too. Right. Yeah, I never wrestled him. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know him. I. I've never been to Germany. I only wrestled in in, in the Philadelphia, New, Jer New Jersey, Delaware scene. Right. A little well, bit in New York. You've been alive. How old are you now? Do you mind me asking? I, I'm, I just turned 40. Okay. Well, I'm 48. I was just going to say, I mean, you still might have time to be brought up because you're in the same circle. It takes mm -hmm. people decades. I got to plug in my stuff real quick. Well, I think, um, I think Lou doing it. Uh, definitely is inspiring, you know, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. You know what I mean? I'm not right. thinking well, you're still that... doing it because you enjoy it too, though. So. Oh yeah. yeah it's... You're okay either way. It's not like, I, I think, I think kind of like the idea of me taking a job and being like a spoke on the wheel that like right. is less important. It, it, it'll make me feel less. In... I don't know if it'll make me feel less important or something. I don't. I don't think I'm like blocking it, but I feel like I don't want to, like, lose my freedom and my, you know, and my identity. Then, yeah. Right. Yeah. Kinda. Because like, there's a lot of great talent that that gets underutilized or put in these weird situations, you know. So I, I get that too, you know. And it's it's no less it's no less impressive, man. The underground circuit is just as real, just as badass as anything you'll see on a pay per view. I almost want to, uh, <clears throat> I almost want to like make a name for myself outside of it and then have that be my way in. Like having it be like, because there's, I know that there's more than one way up the mountain and I right. don't want to go up to the top of the mountain and be somebody else who I'm not. Right. So I want to get there as me. I completely respect and I completely admire that, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. What are you giggling about? I'm serious. 
<laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm seriously taking the compliment. I, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very touched by it. I, 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 I had some opportunities that I let go by because it wouldn't have worked. You know, I, I, I mean, have nine to five job, but I told Matt last week for the first time in an interview, I almost had an MTV cartoon once, which I didn't. And I'm so glad because I would have probably lost Frozen Dead. I mm -hmm. could have been signed years ago back when I was still with, with Asylum. Um, it was, uh, uh, let me think, Roadrunner. Roadrunner was looking at us and gave us a business card. But the, the friendship I had was falling apart, and therefore the band was falling apart. And we were running through members like toilet paper, and the two core members, me and my buddy, we, we couldn't work together anymore. So I quit music for a while. So I had these other opportunities. I submitted work to Marvel before. Um, maybe it wasn't a very professional packet, but I sent them ideas and not pointing fingers, but you know, years ago I wrote a story with a red Hulk. I see that there's been a red Hulk for the last decade in Marvel. It wasn't written by me, but you know what I mean? Like I, I same with you. I'd rather make my path so that I can pick and choose that. I don't lose creative control. Now at this point in my life, 48 years old, you offer me $3 million, I'm going to give you my fucking characters because I know I can create something else. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason I would do it at this point in my life was to look out for my wife and look out for her cats and to be able to continue to reach more people and to do other aspects because I have movies I'd like to make. I have other projects I'd like to do. I have a movie idea I'd love to have you in, but it's about getting the backing. Uh, how and how many gosh dang Funko Pops can you have in your house when you have $3 million? I don't want no more. All right, said I'm done. Don't be devil's advocate. That's like offering a drink to an alcoholic. No. <laughs> I felt that. Oh, that was a great comment. But no, seriously, here's here's what I want to do. And and someone will probably steal the idea before I ever get to. But oh, you know what? Night, what, what the, the, Night of the Living Dead is public domain. Nobody, oh. nobody here. Nobody is here. It's just you and me, buddy. No one's gonna Night of the it. Living Dead is a public domain. Anybody love, can make it. That's why I there's... love Return of the Living Dead. It's one of my favorite horror. Movies. I love that one. That's what got me into punk rock and horror. So yes, mm -hmm. that's that Return of the Living Dead changed my life. The if you love me, you let me have you let me eat your brains. Then the second movie was all a metal soundtrack, which is the anniversary this week of the second Return of the Living Dead. Okay. I have a love song of the Return of the Living Dead three done industrial for my old band nine thirteen. Oh, so yes, right. I love those. But Night of the Living Dead is public domain. And I wrote a prequel called Night of the Living Dead Dark Prayer that I want to put out. Ooh. Yeah. Is it going to be That's black and white? Yes, it will be black and white. Nice. And it'll have the grainy shit added. I love it. I love but it. I want to do that so bad. That's campy and, and really like of, of the time. It starts with a serial killer, believe it or not, who brings back the dead. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about the movie. His serial killer accidentally brings the dead back to life. I love it. I'm ignoring the comet that they mentioned. I'm ignoring the satellite with the fumes in the atmosphere, and I'm going a different direction. And voodoo was involved. So, I, I did. I did a. I did a, a, a horror movie uh, where it was a. There was a, a voodoo zombie called the Half Life Horror from Hell. Nice. Uh, written and directed by Mark Mackner, who's been a, a former guest on this podcast. Shout out to Mark Mackner. Uh, but also worked worked with Lloyd uh, Kaufman on some other project. So I, I uh, like you said, we, 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 we play in similar sandboxes, you and I. It was I. Human Hibachi sequel that you were telling me about earlier? 
That was not not that wasn't Mark McNair. That was Mario Soretti, okay. I believe okay. his name is. He also made like the listing, and I was I had like a real bit part in that, and it was like it was because I auditioned for it, and the uh, the role that this this happens to be the case a lot, and I, I'm I'm not saying there are the there are um, gatekeepers on this, but perhaps <laughs> there is. Uh, when I audition for things, usually I do, I audition to the people who are gonna wind up giving themselves that role. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like they're like, oh, you audition for a role, but somebody else has got it, aka yeah. me. Uh, right. So, um, um, Mario did that, and uh, I didn't. He didn't play the role, but he already had somebody else picked for it. Why go through the motions if you already right. know? Right. So. Don't so he was time. like, he was like, Hey, um, I want to write a, a part for you because like you're, you're visually something that would lend to this picture. And it was just a real bit thing. It was only like one or two, one or two scenes here and there. But, um, it was, I thought it was mad, mad cool that he was like that. I guess uh, the, the, the long hair makes me marketable <laughs> in certain ways. I, I get cast in a lot of things that take place in the 70s right. because of my hair. Got time for one more timeout? Sure. Then I'll, I'll give you some more trauma news. I I got for Christmas, I got this um this like plug-in doorbell. Uh, and um and I, I just, the weird thing is like, sometimes, you know, you just like kind of add things to your Amazon wish list Cause you're like fascinated that it was there. Right. That was what I did. And someone, someone got it for me. So right. now I have this plug in doorbell and I'm like, I don't need this. Like, it's not like a, uh, a, a, a necessary thing in my life to need a second doorbell. My house has a doorbell, <laughs> uh, but I was thinking about um, plugging it in, in this room. And then, and then having it be like a, a cue for the podcast, like have it somewhere be like, if there's like a very important delivery of something, I'll press <laughs> that doorbell. That's important awesome. delivery. <laughs> <laughs> you press your figurative doorbell now. Ding. Right. So. Bong, 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 we, we bong, 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 bong. And um, I, I'm very happy to say that I, I'm loosely affiliated with some people that are affiliated. So I'm like that five degrees of Kevin where I'm not affiliated, but I've done some shit. Like I recently got to do a Troma Now ad for my friend, Mike Fink, who. Yeah, it was great, I'm, man. The, the ad was really nice. It was cool. Thank you. It felt was, natural though, didn't it? My it friend did. Eric it, didn't Marco, feel, it didn't feel phony or forced in any way. The Avenger, he's down in Texas in Colleen. He's doing a movie that he wants to release there called Bloody Bones. With Toxie in it? Yeah, the Toxie yeah. in it. Uh, Mike Fink put all the extra graphics. The narrator started as one of my readers for Frozen Dead and mm -hmm. became a close friend of mine. And he reads audiobooks when he's not at his regular job fixing jet airplanes and shit. So, like, he's way overqualified for everything we do. But I, I wrote the script because Mike asked if I wanted to do an ad. So I wrote the script. I put my music. That's 1996's Killing Innocence, Sugar Coated Masochism, playing in the background. 
Because mm-hmm. I played the dumbass who wakes up and goes to the fucking cupboard and finds the same old shit. My wife made the graphics for both cereal boxes. The uh, Troma now box yeah. is, is my Horridorable's Toxic Avenger. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. You know, a little uh, shame of self-promotion. You know, of course. Of course. You, you got to have that in there. He realizes in the shirt. Now, here's a subtle joke I want to explain. In the original Toxic Avenger movie, okay, there's a scene in the restaurant with the blind girl, Sarah, where the guy gets thrown into the kitchen and he falls down and nachos fall on him. It cuts away, but when it comes back, he has taco shells, which I'm sure wasn't like genius writing that I originally thought it was, and it was just because they did different takes, but it works. In that commercial, I have two different Toxic Avenger Horridorables tank tops on. I have a plain one on until Toxic Avenger snaps his fingers, and then it's a trauma now Toxic Avenger shirt. I did that and just hid that there. Yeah, Easter egg. So, but other than that, um, there are a few trauma alumni that are going to be in my next Frozen Dead graphic novel, the 24-year anniversary graphic novel I will be releasing at the Great Media Comic Con. Um, I have Pam Purple, who's been in Toxic Avenger movies and, and Newcomb High movies. Uh, Vito Trigo, who's been in them. Mike Fink, my buddy, who's, again, the, the artist for them. Um, Aaron, who played Toxie, is going to be in there. And I have Beatrice Bupley, Amanda Kruger. C. Ernst Harth, who was the great child from 13 Ghosts. He was minor 49er, Scooby-Doo 2, many others. He has way, way many others. He was actually excited and posted about it today. So that was really cool. When when the actors that you're getting to draw get excited. Yeah, that's right, dude. That's it's, awesome. It's like, look what I did. Like Stewie from Mad <laughs> TV. But um, David, David Howard Thornton, who's Art the Clown from Terrifier. Yeah. And many others, I don't want to like leave them out, but I figured you might like to be drawn in this as well. Uh, that that would be an honor, man. I would love that. That would be that would be right as hell, man. Uh, uh, to to be associated with other people's names where people are gonna be like their fans are gonna be paying attention to that and and to be like knowing that they're a real person and reading the thing that they're in. And then to be able to go like, Oh, now I can discover that this person's also in the, in the, uh, in real life doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and there is a uh, bonus involved because everybody that I'm drawing in this comic, I am donating a free copy of the graphic novel to. Yeah. Everybody else has to pay for it. <laughs> I can't wait, man. That's exciting. Not- <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that they are cheap. Like it's gonna be limited. Anything printed at all for anybody for anything is cheap, is uh, expensive. I do get lucky for the most part. I have enough loyal fans that buy every book that normally my printing is covered with pre-orders. Like I, I sell them the book, they pay me, then I print it, then I send it. So that's mm-hmm. covered normally. This is going to be a little bit different for me because I have to print more copies in order for it to be released as a special event for my 24-year anniversary this past Halloween and for the second Great Media Comic Con. I have to print at least 100 or so copies, limited edition, mm-hmm. plus whatever my pre-orders were. And then I can't deliver them until after everybody else gets their book. How, but how much do you sell the books for normally? It depends on the printing. Um, that depends on page counts right Mm -hmm. now i'm at page 95 and i'm not done Mm -hmm. so it collects part of my last storyline that it ran online lost Mm -hmm. in the necroverse my characters are still trapped in other dimensions 
this story, they're in a version of our world that's drawn. So you're yourself. Beatrice is herself. All these people are themselves. It's our world, but it's drawn, which I have to specify because in book three, Night of the Living Brett, Brett was in our world physically, where he was a piece of paper in a physical world. So this is them being drawn. They're trapped. It's, it, it's so meta. Storyline, man. I, I love it. The clay story where I had the wrestling part. Uh-huh. They have not been in their actual comic for a couple of years now. They're trying to get home because I did a time travel story that fucking destroyed my comic. But anyway, I, lo- I love I love Rick and Morty. Uh, any Rick and Morty stuff, like as you can tell, like the graphic for the for the podcast is pretty influenced by Rick and Morty. Uh, I'll just say the picture there is Prick and Moldy. The first uh, world that Johnny and Brett see, Johnny Necro and Brett Hart see, is versions of themselves as Rick and Morty. Oh, geez, that's funny. And I make a joke about all the realities they've seen, and like Prick, who's the heart in this version instead of Rick. And he's like, geez, geez, Moldy, you, you act like you've never seen people from another reality set of versions of us before. So. I I have, um, so also I had, I had on the sides of my car, I had um, Rick and Morty like magnets that I got at like five below. Nice. And I, and I had them, I had one, I had the Rick on my, on the side of my car that has the gas tank. And I had the Morty on the other side, the, uh, I had I had both of them on there for probably a week or two, and then I then I was a heel at a wrestling show, and I think somebody stole my Rick. It was in the parking lot. Somebody stole the Rick magnet off my off my car, and I was mad. And I was That's like, "Better than being stabbed." Me that shows me that I'm a good heel. That's somebody right. wanted to come jack my my stuff because I pissed them off enough as a good heel. And Dude, then someday, I want to walk you down the aisle. As your heel manager. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would probably be fun. Probably be fun. We could, we create a we create a um, a whole book about it. <laughs> but um I I uh so somebody somebody stole my Rick and then my Morty it was on there. I had it on there for like a, a year or two and just let it get sun faded and like kind of falling apart. And then for Christmas, my mom, my mom got me uh, like exact the exact stickers, the same exact magnets, like brand new ones. So I I took the I took the the old crappy Morty one off and I threw it mm-hmm. out and I put the new Morty on and on on the gas door I put the Rick and uh, had them on there for three days, and then I noticed that they were gone. Oh man, and that just shows you how popular they are. And, and I and I I called my mom and I was like, I'm so hot right now, I'm so mad. And she was like, Why? What's up? And I was like, Somebody stole my Rick and Morty magnets off my car. And she was like, Oh, hun, don't get upset. Your brother did that. Like he was just messing with you. Oh, like he just he just. And I was like, You have to understand how upset I was. I was like. <laughs> I got I finally got these back after a year of of just having only the Morty and it being so sun faded and then now having nothing. She was like, Yeah, they're on they're on the garage door at our house. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm not so hot anymore about it, but I still forgot to grab them for another week or so. 
Sounds like your brother's better healed than you are. Yeah, he healed me, man. <laughs> he threw again, the power in my eyes. Back to wrestling. Still, my all-time favorite of all time was fucking Rowdy Rowdy Piper, man. Yeah, I mean. Hang on, I have the sure. Michelangelo, Ninja Turtle, Roddy Piper on my wall. Oh, man. Check check this out, man. I got I got I got a Michelangelo right here. Nice. And if I open it up, there's like paper clips in his head. <laughs> and uh I got a I got a uh I got a the politician from They Live right here. <laughs> you and can't even I, see most of this studio, man. This is like a museum. But I got an iron sheik. Oh, right yeah, this is the Iron Sheik right here. That's awesome. And, you remember and, how yeah. the original figures were? The big yeah. figures? You the hit L your friend with them and you knocked them out. Oh, here's 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 this Rick right here. <laughs> yeah. And I got oh here it is. Here's the here's the bam bam. Awesome. The bam bam tattoos on there. What's up? I love that there's tattoos around them. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I I have a few other things here. I have a Chromopolis Michael, and a and a and a uh, minion. Hold on, I got I got to show you this because you're almost my age. We're we're, we're similar age groups. Right. You remember the Burger King Kids Club? Oh yeah, when the the guy was at the wheelchair, the wheels. Oh, I gotta find you this. Hold on one second while I knock everything over just to make a fucking point. Ugh. Oh, dude, that looks like every birthday cake I have when I was a child. This is from Burger King. I, I remember having, I'm pretty sure I had that exact thing when I was a kid. Back, back up in his home between Godzilla's legs. And that's not really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the best toys came from from Happy Meals and stuff. We they were, were really good quality back then. And I I think this actually came from a Happy Meal or something. Um, there's a it's a it's a a uh, Raphael oh, yeah. looks like. Yeah. And he did a little little kick spring. You can't see everything over there, but I got like the different decals on the wall that I had my wife make me. But we also have the, the NWO and the WWF logo over there. Dude, and I got the little mini Kane and, and Undertaker figures. Do you, do you want to hear about my game show that I'd like to start? Do it. Uh, all right. I want to do I want to do a, a trivia, rest pro wrestling trivia, right? Like like a quizzo, but everything's about pro wrestling. And um, whoever wins, they'll be the intercontinental champion. <laughs> nice. And I, I got the belt right here. It says, I changed it to intercontinental, you see. Nice. Nice. Man, I wish I went to the cellar because I wanted to bring you up a prop and show you on the screen from when I did that claymation story. Out of a beer cap, I made a little championship belt for my clay figures. I have a little fucking tiny wrestling championship belt. I can't put this back where it was. Huh. Oh, we well. From, uh, from 
Walmart, one of the toy versions of the raw belt and hung it uh-huh. on our wall because I'm too cheap to buy the fucking expensive real ones. I I have I have them mixed in. I have um I have in my living room I have like a bunch of uh, the toy belts and then I have like I have some mixed in ones like like I have the real version of the the wing eagle belt. Wow. Like the, See the I'll, I'll spend that. all that money on Funko Pops but I won't buy a fucking goddamn <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that's funny well i i also have um i also have i i don't know i just think that having toy belts is kind of neat it's a i don't i don't collect stuff you know what i mean i don't have like specific collections i just have random here and there things like we, um, we have a term for that we have a lot of crap ho- hodgepodge hodgepodge <laughs> over here <laughs> we got a hodgepodge of crap <laughs> Look around, man. It's like a goddamn Salvation Army threw up. Right. But <laughs> those people are trying to sell stuff. Nope. None of this stuff is for sale. You can't have it. Right. I, I bring people over like very, very rarely. I mean, because once once your friends see it, they've seen it. But they're like, they always say, oh, I, I can come here a thousand times and I'll see something new. Well, yeah, motherfucker. I keep buying stupid shit because I'm a fucking mm-hmm. retard. <laughs> I have, I have a poster in my hallway of this this like art that this English artist did uh, in in the UK, and it has like a it's called wrestling mish, mishmash, and it has all these like moments all over it. It has like all like wrestling moments, like all like Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, the Montreal Screwjob. It's got. Um, Rakishi, the Kiss My Ass Club. It's got all, all this stuff all over it. Undertaker, Kane, uh, Jake the Snake, all, all this stuff. And then in it, somehow, I have no idea why, but there's me and my old tag partner, Matt Bonboy. There's, oh, that's cool. I no idea why we're on it. And no other, like, really indie people are on it. I don't know why, how I'm on it, but I'm, I'm nice. But I have that in my hallway now, and I stop and look at it all the time, and I always see something different. I've had it on my wall. Cool. You should be so proud of that. Like, I'm, okay. I'm super proud of that. You know the Misfits, obviously. Everybody's heard of them, even if they don't listen to them. Dr. Mm-hmm. Chud, who was my first actual human guest star in my comic, returning for the book that you're going to be in now. Uh, I talked to David, David Calabrese a lot. Not related to the Calabrese's of the band Calabrese, but I talked to Dr. Chud, David, a lot. And on his Facebook, he has my artwork that I did of him for the comic. But mm-hmm. when you see other shit that you've done or yourself in somebody else's thing, it feels so special. Right. My most yeah. famous piece of art I've ever done isn't even my shit. I drew a mock-up of this old Misfits promo from American Psycho or Famous Monsters when he was in it of the Misfits mm-hmm. mashup. And he has that on his fucking Facebook page. It has more fucking views than any Frozen Dead I've ever fucking drawn. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Just on somebody else's site, like you in that magazine, is so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, dude, some of the the stuff that I've been privileged to be a part of, like, I I can't, I can't for a second act like I'm ungrateful for this life. And you said you were in a Mark Wahlberg movie in that one podcast. You, you had a, right. a yeah, bit yeah. former, uh, yeah. Um, 
the the scene was like they were doing like um tryouts for the Philadelphia Eagles back in 1973 and I was just one of the one of the 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 bums at the stadium who didn't make who didn't make the but team. But nobody so. can take that from you. That's amazing. Hmm. You know what I mean? I got yeah, and I got to watch me up on the big screen at the movie theater. And I, that's I mean, I didn't have any lines or anything, but there was me on the movie the, on the but movie screen. Awesome. I mean, I was it was 2006 or something, so I was still in my 20s. It was neat. Did did you happen to see that small scene that I sh- I I sent you the whole movie? But I watched this- I watched like the first five minutes and the last five minutes. I thought well, I was when we're done, I'll send you just the clip of me in the commercial. Okay. For the for the the Halloween three unofficial fan film, but Michelle and Blasky did a really great tribute to that movie. And and I was on vacation with my wife in New York City in our hotel, and and I got the text, "Hey, do you want to fucking film a scene for this?" Okay, she had already listed me as a producer, only because oh, there our power flickered, yeah. only because our. Uh, I was promoting her movie and I was going to put her in this comic that you're going to be in as well. Look, I keep saying that you're going to be in. I'll be making you feel good. I love it. I love it. So no one will ever be able to take that away from me. Just like, uh, I I marked out too. Like when I saw, when I saw my name in the credits on that power Rangers thing, I sent you. Right. That was cool too. I mean, I'm I'm not, I was, I never grew up a huge power Rangers guy, but it's like Tommy's the most popular one. You had a good joke. That worked. You had the best line. So I don't remember the joke, uh, but I don't either, but I did read it and like it. So I listened to <laughs> well, it. Sorry. Tommy, Tommy's the most popular one. So you got to give right. him the best. You got to give him the best uh, jokes. But anyways, I was, I was in that fucking hotel in New York while we were in New Jersey staying while we went to New York. She said I could write my own dialogue. All I had to say was something about automated love. So the scene that I'm in is actually me reading what I wrote for my scene. Yeah. And I really do love Halloween three as weird as it is. It is yeah. so unique. Yeah. I, I love Halloween three. Also the, I, I love the, I love the, the, the little animated short that they had before, before the, that movie with the, with the make sure you have your masks on and, <laughs> Yeah, that was great, man. Like you, though, I want to get into more horror movies as well, even if I have to make my own to do it. Because right. nothing's going to stop me from doing what I want to do. Same with you. If I want to do it, I'm going to fucking we do it. We can build this dream together. We can build this forever. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop us now. And the more of us that become friends and part of that Nick community... The right. more things we can all be a part of, pushing each other up instead of tearing each other down. We can hold, we can hold each other's ladders up for each other. That's right. We can paint each other's houses. Yes. We hang each other's Christmas lights. We can sing Christmas carols together dressed as gremlins. Or or with the Halloween three masks on. Yeah. I don't want to put one of them on. I know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Ten more By the way, time. here's a little fact for you. In the original, the kid with the pumpkin mask in front of the TV clawing him mm-hmm. is in the movie we're in. He's in that Halloween 3 sequel. Oh, yeah? That's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. The, the guy from the composer from Sleepaway Camp. I mean, 
I'm rubbing elbows with these people that don't even fucking know me, but it's so cool. Yeah. It's just the bragging right to your friends. It's not about selling out off of it. It's just like, I'm yeah, so sometimes proud. it's just about, it's about a bragging thing to your own self. I mean, cause but, sometimes your friends won't even get it. They won't understand. The weirdest thing. My mom, one day she's like, I got a friend. I got to be friends on Facebook with Beatrice Bubbly. I remember you watching Nightmare on Elm Street 5 on our fucking floor. I was like, well, she's a hell of a great woman. She's very supportive. But that weird shit, you know what I mean? Like your mom seeing this stuff or my little what, brother. What I think about so pretty cool. often, what I think about pretty often is, uh, you know, like everybody has their story about like somebody they somebody they've come across, like a famous person that they know or some famous person that they know. Who knows somebody who knows somebody who's known somebody who's connected in this way to that person. And it's like they're they're six degrees separated from fame in one way or the other. It's like Kevin everybody Bacon. who you, everybody who you talk about, everybody who you talk to has that story about you. They're like, oh, do you know this comedian? Do you know that person? Like they, they and they, it comes back to, you know, to I don't me. think of it that way. So that's a really awesome thing for you to say. That made me feel yeah. special too. Yeah. I don't Every think of being that person to these people. You are. You are because I have the fans and I have the, I hate that word, but I have the followers. I, I, I get it too, man. Like it, it's strange because like I, I dealt with having, and, and, and I didn't say they were my fans, but I dealt with being in front of fans since I was, since I was a teenager. Right. So like when I say fans, uh, it seems like I'm like a, this, uh, Ooh, I got fans and whatever. And that's not how it is. It's just that I've always been in front of fans. Right. And that word, it just makes me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It, it makes right. me uncomfortable because I don't want them to think I feel bigger than them. Like, like there's some pomposity to it. Like you're right. pompous about the whole thing. But, right. but then again, I'm the one who can say that Marky Ramone introduced me to Joan Jett. Her guitarist came back to my house to party. And then I watched Joan Jett the next day center stage while they performed. That's the weird shit that happens in our circle. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's not that you're better than anybody else, but. They don't have that weird story. Yeah. yeah, you get to have you get to have uh, all kinds of all kinds of cool experiences. I think it's it's funny, and I think about it as I think about it pretty often. That like now, you know, I'm a I'm a server at Applebee's, and people go, oh, uh, they'll be like, oh, that guy was our server at Applebee's once. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know Corey Castle. They'll be saying that. Oh, you know Corey Castle from this and from that. Yeah, he was our server at Applebee's. Oh, he was our server at at TGI Fridays, or he right. was he was the bartender at this bar that I went to. You know what I'm saying? Like they always have these, these people at work, the people that do follow me that are at my work that normally wouldn't like the stuff that I do, but met me and they they open their minds. But right. they're like, "Why are you still here?" I right. said, "Well, have you bought my shit lately?" No, I said, "That's why." <laughs> I said, "Not you personally." I said, "But." Because support, yeah, yeah, it's gotta be bigger than just hey, right. I saw your shit on Facebook, it's pretty cool, you know right. what I mean? It's like, like dude, getting, getting, getting tons of compliments are neat, but if like right. no one's doing any actual support, uh, I can't if really no one's actually subscribing. Like, the, the funny thing is, like, I was, um, I was telling people that I work with about about uh, how I have a, I have a YouTube, I have a show on YouTube, a podcast, and it doesn't have many followers. It doesn't have many subscribers, but I'm going to continue putting it out because um, like it's more about the, the idea of it being out than, 
than me deciding like, oh, boo, no one's no one's paying attention. Right. My trauma commercial with my friends on my channel on YouTube has 56 views. Mike Fink shared it as a reel and it had 5,000 and shared by Lloyd twice the first day. It's not about where it comes from all the time. It's right. still getting the recognition. You know what I mean? It's I, I won't lie. At first I was like, whoa. It happens still. You get disappointed because you're so proud of something. But you got to look at the bigger picture of everybody that's enjoying it. It's not one one spot. You know what I mean? And and again, it's not all about me, which I would like to do a temporary small podcast where I interview my fans, my readers, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. and talk about their life and just call it, it's not all about me. <laughs> <laughs> You're statistic. Tell me about your day. How did you get yeah. to your field? I, I dig it. You know, it's funny when I was talking about I was talking about a friend of mine who who has a podcast that has like a massive following, and um, I he was playing at a club in in Philly, and I and I uh, visited him, and somebody came up to him who you know they were like. A, a, a very, very passionate listener to his show. And they stopped him and they went, I listen every day. I listen to your show every day. And he just went, cool, thanks. Me, I would be like, what do you like? What do you not like? Tell me every single thing. Like, what's the, the what's the, what's your favorite parts? What's your least favorite parts? Who's the guest that you like the most? Like, I, I, I'm, you know, there's, there's a, there's a level of uh, perfectionism and some insecurities that that definitely pop their heads up. Right. I gotta take another quick break. Sorry about that. Oh, I, I was about to wrap up. If you, if you, oh. uh, uh, I'm just gonna ask you a couple, a uh, couple, couple more things, and then we'll, then we'll, uh, I'll uh, ride off into the sunset with a hot dog and a handshake, and then. I, actually, if you can pause, that'd be even better. Then we can wrap up. If if you checked out the show before. If this is your first time ever coming across it, uh, I want to let you know that uh, I I have a <clears throat> I have a, vi- a big fascination on having conversations being on the record and having the the moments outlive like and outlive us. And uh, I just want to say on the record how how incredibly excited I am about this kind of just being the first step in whatever we're doing next. And uh, uh, I, I'm excited to meet somebody who's spinning just as many plates as me. I love it. And, uh, and I want to let you know, man, if, if, if I can be a resource to you in any way, don't ever feel like you, you don't have a friend to turn to, to talk to. If there's ever judgment free conversations that you need to have with people like just to vent or get stuff off or like be talked through something, you know, need some, need some advice on anything. Please don't ever hesitate to use me as a resource. That goes both ways, man. I appreciate you. Thank Some you, people you. you just click, you know what I mean? And right, right. I appreciate that. I um, wanna, want to want to take that time to spin it around now. If you've got questions that you'd like to ask me on the record, if you have any uh, comments that you'd like to tell me on the record, that's going to, it's gonna, you know, continue. It's gonna continue being timestamps right here today. Questions, 
favorite tag team of all time? New Age Outlaws. Nice. That was a quick response, man. That's genuine. On the record, though, are you excited to be in a comic finally? Even though you've only read a few. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think it's 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 a real bucket list thing, you know. You want to want to want to be a a part of as many different types of media as I can. Nice. Well, if you or any of your your, your followers want to watch on my YouTube channel, um, which I'll send you the links to, you can watch yeah. the 24 year anniversary <laughs> special we just put out. My friend Brian Anderson, who was in that the narrator in that toxic or uh, Troma Now commercial, mm -hmm. he, he was on it with me. Beatrice Buffley and a bunch of people gave shout outs saying happy anniversary. I, I hope people watch that because it's a good introductory way to get into the series. Um, it's not all about me, like I said earlier. And I couldn't do this without followers or supporters like you, so I appreciate it. So on the record, I do what I do for all of you, and I appreciate you. So genuine. So genuine. <laughs> hey, man, I was right frozen dead when I was living on a subway. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> journey. The, uh, the other, the other part of it that I always do, this is like just the, just the last few things that I always do is we start heading home and start wrapping it up is uh, I, um, I'll say audio time travel. I know, I know, um, you know, like how I talk about how this is, you know, outliving us, this, this conversation that we're having, this media that we're creating together. Um, in, in 20 years. So in the year 2044, uh, the people who care about you the very most are stumbling across this recording to see what kind of, what kind of person Johnny Necro is, uh, in, in the, I call this part audio time travel in this moment. You, the words that you're speaking are hitting the ears of the people who care the most about you. And you want to give them a message from right now to inspire them for their tomorrows. No one should have to pay to be entertained when they need it the most. If you support somebody who gives free entertainment and they do sell stuff, buy it to help support them so they can support those who can't pay for it like you can. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. <laughs> no, I, I mean that genuinely. Like during COVID. No, I, I agree. The, the, the rest of my graphic novels sold out because I did the not-so-secret Santa, where my readers bought books and paid shipping to send them to other less fortunate readers all around the world, everywhere from Canada to, to England. That's why I have no copies of any of my books at all anymore mm -hmm. is because my followers, they, they follow that same credo. We support each other. Pay it forward. Yeah. When I was homeless, some of the things that only kept me going was sitting in the library, reading graphic novels and playing on the computer while waiting to take a nap at a friend's house. So, so I mean, is the new book going to be in the library? Then is, is your book, is your book going to be in a library? The, well, the if I don't, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, there's a Mitch Hedberg bit where he was like, hey, I'm glad you mentioned him. Holy shit. I met him when he was starting out. 
He had just done a comedy stint in Austin, and I had him come over to my apartment the night before he was first on David Letterman. Holy shit, man. Yeah, I hung out with him. He had my Killing Innocence album. I miss him. He had such a bad drug problem, but he was such a cool guy. My favorite comedian. But yeah, dude, yeah, I met him when he was starting out. What what was the what was the what were we just talking about before I brought him up? Giving away free books. Uh, oh yeah, he was like he was like <laughs> on the on the on the CD. He was like he was like this one's gonna be sold in stores. Yeah. Like before, if my soul if my my CD was available in stores, it's because I brought one in there and left it there. Right. He's like, sir, you forgot your CD. No, it's for sale. Alphabetize it. Nice. Yeah. No, he he was so cool. I saw his set in Austin at a comedy club and he mm-hmm. took a cab back to my fucking apartment with me and he hung out for the night. And then he goes, I got to go. I got to catch a plane. I'm on David Letterman tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I, and he I think just about... a joke about, he goes, the guy who invented Pringles was originally going to send sell tennis balls. But the day he was going to open his store, a Pringles bunch of potatoes. That company. <laughs> potatoes was showed up and it was the rubber. Chips. No. <laughs> Fuck it, cut him up. Dude, he was the best. But yeah, that's one of my weird stories, man. That's like, awesome. That's awesome. Everywhere I fucking turn. Butthole Surfers. Remember the band Butthole Surfers? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was neighbors with Gibby Haynes for a fucking Ooh. year. That's the awesome. singer of Butthole Surfers. I had to stop at his house to fucking look for my ex's dog when it fucking ran away. He was uh, on the there's... fucking phone. I'm talking to his girlfriend. There's some band, uh, God dang, why can't I remember it? But they had a the um, they had like a real popular song, die motherfucker, die motherfucker, die. Like that was their their big hit. I can't remember what the name of the band is, but the the guy who was the guitar teacher, or he's the guy who was a guitar player, is the guitar teacher for my girlfriend and has been for like the last That's- year, and I just found out about it. Like the other day. See, this is our weird life, man. Yeah, this is just normal weird. for us. I was like, lived in New York City homeless, and I got a job. I was I was delivering booze for Columbus Circle Liquors. I was pushing a handcart down the street, and I looked to the left, and there was Eric Idle from Monty Python. <laughs> Do the the funny dances? No, I was actually respectful because he was giving an interview to somebody. <laughs> I, I wanted to, that would be John Cleese. John Cleese did. I know. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I think whenever I think of John Cleese, I think of uh, Five Old Goes West <laughs> because he was the he was the caterwaul. He was the he was the voice of the the cat, the the heel cat in the and the dog. The dog was Jimmy Stewart. The Wiley Burp. Yep, that was Jim Stewart. And, and Dom DeLuise was was the, he was the cat. cat. Yep, yep. He was in both movies. Mm. I love Don Bluth. He's my favorite animator of that era. He did Dragon's Lair, the first Fifty Cent video game. You know, yeah. he did uh, all kinds of fucking movies. Land Before Time. Uh, what was what was the other Dom? De- all Dogs Go to Heaven. Yep, yep. He was Charlie. He was Charlie's friend. He was the the, the Dash Hound. Yeah, he was he was itchy. Yep. Itchy. Itchy. The, shit. And then his son was in a fucking Disney show my wife used to watch. The um, the one about the fucking sandwich shop in the subway. I forget what it's called, but 
His son was in that damn movie or that show. Hmm. Uh, so the way we normally wrap it up is uh, I, I'll ask you. Wizards of Wayne. That was it. Sorry. Oh, that was about a sandwich shop in the subway. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought that was about witches <laughs> who lived on a street called Waverly Place. Waverly Place in New York. <laughs> we went when we were in New York. I said, "Look, Ann, Waverly Place." I put it at the sign for. Her. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what What would you say your best impression is? My best impression is my characters, Johnny and Brett. Yeah. All right. Good to, know. But, Good to know. But if if it's not mine, I don't know. Scooby, Shaggy, Bugs Bunny, Yogi Bear. Hmm. Uh, so are you waiting for me to do them? Because there was like a weird, awkward pause. No, no, no. no. Uh, so uh, this is hypothetically. This is where this is where I'll wrap it up, and then after after you do this part, then I'll ask you to do one of those impressions and say the the closing lines, which are. Be fun, have safe, keep evolving. But I first, but first, uh, I hypothetically act like I'm gifting you this show. This has been your first episode of Evolving with Johnny Necro in, in a very Jerry Springer's final thought type way. The most valuable takeaways, the most valuable lessons that can uh, inspire you to be a better version of yourself tomorrow that you are today. Then you are today. Be safe, Will be real, be true. That, that, be you. Don't say that part yet. <laughs> don't say that part yet. Well, that that part's next. So your Jerry Springer's final thought, and then that part. <laughs> what we've learned today is two people who do just as much in the underground entertainment industry as each other can treat each other with just as much respect as the peers of Hollywood yesteryear and today, then can't we, the people of this fine world, come back from the brink to treat each other just a little bit more kindly? And with that, I leave you. Be safe, be true, be real, be you. <laughs> Is that better? I love it. I love it. You're fucking yeah. smiling now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And forgive I us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. You're, you're We're not in the temptation. You're but deliver by... us from evil. Anime. Are you ready for your impression? Yes. Remember, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Ooh, that's a Optimus Prime. Well, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we... Don't treat elders like shit. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> be fun, have safe. <laughs> no, but honestly, if this is your first time checking out the show, it's it's super important to me um, that that you you have the ability to put your efforts into anything. So the fact that you've spent any of the currency of your effort and your time on anything that, that I've been putting out or anything that Johnny's been putting out. If you follow any of these links, if you decide, if you decide to hit like, hit, you know, comment, subscribe, make sure you let us know you exist. If there's, if there's ever a, a call to action in any way, it's just prove to me that you exist. 
if you've liked this, leave a comment in the bottom, you know, telling me you made it all the way through and show your support and show your love. Uh, tell your friends. Make sure make sure, you know, if I hope you got some some value out of anything that you've ever heard me say. And I maybe I've changed some perspectives. Um, be be the kind of person that, that you'd want to see in the world. You know what I mean? Do the kind of do the kind of things that you'd like to see exist. Be kind to other people. Be kind to yourself. Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving. Show's over.